Hello, and welcome to the Risk and Accounting Advisory Podcast. I'm Neil Began, Cherry Beckert's leader of our risk advisory practice. And today on our podcast, we are going to focus our discussion on risk and data management. In this digital age that we live in, it's imperative to manage your organization's data, looking at policies and procedures, as well as best practices to maintain the integrity and performance of the data, systems, and organization. Helping me and joining me today is Alan Swan, Managing Director and Cherry Records Risk Advisory Practice and a leader of our Risk and Data Management Solutions Group. Al, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, good pleasure to be here. All right. Al, as you know from our, our prior podcast series, the uh, Risk and Review, we typically keep it to five key questions, try to keep these very brief with as vast of a topic as we are going to cover today. We thought we'd break the rules a little bit and go beyond uh, the, the five uh, standard questions. So let's go ahead and jump right in. You know, Al, in a highly technology-driven you know, world, Let's start today's conversation by looking at the continuous digitization of the business operation. And my my leading question to you is based on that, what is the impact on small and medium-sized banking institutions? Well, um, you know, digitization is a baseline uh, in, in the use of digital and the use of digital technologies and of data in order to create revenue, improve business, uh, replace transformation business processes and create an environment for a digital business whereby digital information, the information that comes out of those those systems is core of the banking transformation that's happening today. Mm-hmm. Part of the digitization of a firm involves the, di- the digitization of the customer data itself from different sources to automatically generate insights from their behavior. You know, with digitization, banks can provide an enhanced customer experience. For the customer, this has resulted in greater, they've created, you know, a greater expectation for more timely and convenient means of managing their money and wealth. For the banks themselves, digitization means more data at a higher velocity. This scenario is challenging for the banks, banking institutions to manage. Uh, not you know to manage the inflows of data, forcing them to become more automated. Sure. Banks need enhance to need to enhance the use of data efficiently to better service the clients, offering multiple client interaction channels that are timely, user friendly across generations, and complete the task. Yeah, I appreciate that overview. Let Let's unpack a little bit more and, and drill down to impact on small and medium banks? What would you say about that? Well, I think with the advent of new technologies, uh, a revolution in how customers engage with their finances is emerging. Um, this has added a component of competitive landscape that neither small or large banks can ignore. For smaller institutions, however, this is an opportunity to compete on service and customization to their clients. As for the larger institutions, they can use a deep technology pockets to provide more advanced capabilities on a broader, almost commodity basis. Um, this revolution is forcing the bank institute to rethink how they do business and delivering a unique and thorough customer experience to remain competitive. And, you know, digitization is also an internal benefit and challenge for the banks, especially the smaller and medium-sized organizations. These institutions will benefit with more digital data available 
banks can take a data-driven approach to decision-making using digital analytics. Digitization and you know, the need to increase a digitized presence and service will have a benefit and challenge. With increased convenience of online banking comes a decrease in human error and associated reduction in the time spent on corrective action. With, a, with more online services and transaction, cyber attackers will become more sophisticated, forcing banks to spend more, more time and money on protective solutions. Fraud and AML will become more difficult to detect, trace, and mitigate. And, and I want to circle back. You touched on uh, challenges just uh, in, in that previous statement. So double click on that for us. What, what are some of the challenges that, that these small and middle market banks face? Well, I think, you know, you look at it and you kind of from a small and medium bank, you know, how do I allocate my spend on improving the digital experiment while at same time experience, excuse me, while at same time, maintaining the regulatory adherence, client service, and security required to stay relevant. So it's an interesting dynamic. This dynamic is imperative to determine, as many reports show, that the digital channel will account for more bank revenue and is growing fast. Without the digital presence, the banks will be hard-pressed to stay relevant for a long period of time. So to take advantage of this dynamic, banks have a few years to adapt. And in adapting to be a leader and not a victim of this change, banks must must appreciate the magnitude of the opportunity and what it requires, but at the same time understand the gravity of the threat. I kind of think with you know this is the mindset banks need to develop. A, you know they need to stop and think what's my digital strategy from a holistic viewpoint, inclusive of data and how it is managed. So with more people having greater access to this data obviously, which results in, uh, you know, much broader usage. What are the risks and benefits of the democratization of data? Hmm. And I love question. the fact that I just worked in democratization into this podcast series, by the way. That's, <laughs> been, a, that's been a goal. I, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> uh, we're, we're expanding the vocabulary as we go, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, I think it's a good question. You know, as the, you know, as the digital age move forward, data is becoming more and more abundant. That's one of the things about the digitization process is data is just growing. And, you know, the data that you're getting has to be relevant and a source of, it's both a, it's a source of risk and users to make sure they are ready to manage this data onslaught. Here, you know, this data is coming in waves and people need to be able to manage it. And we've already seen the data revolution moving data, you know, from the backroom chore to the front office necessity for competitive, a front office necessity for competitive advantage. You know, when I, I started in data in 97, we were the backroom guys building databases for, you know, marketing. And uh, we come out with these analytics and everybody thought, wow, this is really cool. Go back in the room and hide uh, and we'll take care of it from here. We weren't part of the process. So the dynamic has really changed. You know, but for firms with the means to manage the use of data effectively and efficiently, uh, you got to provide the um, access to the right people at the right time uh, so that they have an intrinsic, you know, if you do that, uh, they will have an intrinsic competitive advantage. The challenge is getting the right people relevant data is becoming more complex and demanding. Um, you know, to manage more numerous data, firms need to make sure that they have the foundations right. 
the the foundations are you know you got to have the right processes those processes have to right have to have their needed supporting solutions and you need the resources ready to manage the data it's still you know reliant on people processes are are for the governance of the data the governance should include definition lineage and segmentation of the data those are some of the simple things you can think about not sure that sounded so simple but assuming <laughs> that it did what is the benefit of defining and segmenting the data that you mentioned sure um i think first of all you know by creating a by defining the data and establishing its use and lineage the users of the data have a baseline reference point to better understand the data and if they understand the data they'll use the data in a consistent more in a more reason in a more consistent and intended manner for that data right for small and medium banks right this is uh, an exercise that does not require a complicated tool set uh, but is dependent upon establish you, you do need to establish a methodology uh, for capturing the elements uh, designing and gaining a consensus around what they mean how they're used what their values should be and should not be and once you establish that baseline terms uh, and how they're defined, you, do, you, you have a process for maintaining and adding to that glossary uh, going forward. Um, you know, like you said, you kind of laughed and, you know, it sounds it's it's not overly complex. It's about consistency. You know, this is a simple means of creating a governance framework that can be expanded without having a disruptive program. Uh, that has long deployment and high cost. So I've, you know, I've seen many clients build these governance programs and they hire data stewards and specialists and so forth. You don't need to get into that, especially for the small and medium firms. Probably can do it with the knowledge workers you have today. Right, but but segmentation still playing a big part, as you mentioned. So um, let's expand on that a little bit. Why is segmentation so important? Yeah, it, you know, it, not to oversimplify things, but you know, when you look at segmentation, uh, it has two purposes really. Uh, you want to, you know, you can segment by usage categories, and the second is categorized for regulatory and privacy concerns, right? Uh, by decategorizing data, the right data can be provided to the appropriate users at the right time at the right level of scrutiny. Because so, by categorizing the data, the management of the larger data sets can be managed more effectively. So, for example, uh, by identifying data that is used primarily for date marketing purposes, you can manage that for a lesser level of accuracy than you would data that is used for uh, regulatory reporting, finance reporting. And with that lesser level of accuracy requirement, you can manage it with greater flexibility, knowing there are no regulatory consequences. And so, you know, without those constraints, the marketing data can be run more quickly and with less oversight and scrutiny versus the financial data, which you're gonna have to put more scrutiny on, but it's a smaller data set. And, you know, if it's needed for regulatory purposes, you, you, you need to have that data, you know, 98% accurate. And because there are reputational and regulatory consequences, for data that's inaccurate or incomplete sure. um, as part of that. Right. Yep. So 
by getting the the getting the data to the right resources, you you know by doing this, you can get the right data to the right resources for the for the deeper dive analytics that we talked about earlier for the competitive advantage. So this will allow for the extent you know kind of the extension refinement in the use of data for that decision making. Um, you know we see it today in that those banks that are using data for the analytics in a broad manner are leading with innovation. And in many areas, you know, sales, product design, pricing, underwriting, and the design of differentiating customer experiences. And, you know, the funny thing is, I was talking with a client yesterday, and pricing for risk is a big issue right now. And so, you know, if you're doing the analytics and you understand the risk associated with the corporation, small company, fintech, you know, the other uh, small institutions you're doing business with, uh, payment risk, credit risk is important. And you can bring that into the, your pricing methodology, which helps you, um, you know, in the long run, if it's a loan or something like that, uh, as you go forward. Absolutely. You know, but with this approach, the risk and costs uh, related to a broad use of debt can be mitigated by recognizing, uh, you know, the benefits of the growth in the data. Well, that's a great segue to my my next question. So, Al, how do you think the banking industry can address the need for specialized resources and, and manage, you know, external partnerships in the digitization process? Um, well, Neil, I think this has become a challenge for firms that don't have a large staff of technologists. With the introduction of new tools like MDM, lineage, data quality, many new providers are offering a whole new set of products and means uh, to support data management needs. Navigating these choices can be daunting uh, for a medium and small firms just because of the proliferation of choices. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about you know navigation. So how can banks navigate the selection process in order to identify the right vendors for their specific organization and and you know unique needs to them? Yeah, I I think you you, you know my the the way we look at it and approach and talk to clients approaching this is you know su- main, suggesting that uh, they maintain their strategic functions within the company and finding partners for those non-strategic components. So. Um, you know, a good way is to address, you know, is what you, the firm, what do you want to identify yourself as? What do you want to be known in the market for? So, for example, customer service, innovative products, competitive pricing, and other options are things you may, you know, what do you want to be known for to your clients in the bank, in, in the industry? And once you define yourself, you, you know, our clients can then you can distinguish what you want to do internally and what they want and what you want to do uh, through partnerships. So, you know, so this makes identifying the partnerships and trusted advisors more critical than ever. Um, you know, many medium-sized institutions uh, cannot afford a full technical set of resources to develop and implement and maintain digitized solutions, right? But in addition, you know, managing and monitoring cyber activity can also be a cost challenge for some banks as well. Right. You know, so for this reason, we suggest that banks develop a strategic approach to managing these operational functions through a set of internal controls and external partnerships based on, you know, what's strategic and not strategic to them. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and uh, certainly internal controls near and dear to my heart. 
and <laughs> and I'm glad that you touched on the on the cost component. You know, so when we stay with, and this is going to be a multi-part question. I'll just tell you, we're already over the five, so I'm just going to group a couple together here. I also so stay with me. Um, for small and medium-sized financial firms, what is the requirement to meet the changing regulatory requirements? And also, how can they demonstrate that they are managing the data assets used in reporting effectively? Right. Um, you know, I think, you know, like most institutions, the requirement is to demonstrate that they are managing the data and have an auditable understanding of what happens to the data as it moves through the environment. You know, I think that's really important. So because regulators and analysts alike are asking questions like, you know, tell me what does the data mean? Is it defined? How do you define it? And, you know, what happens to the elements as they move through the environment? Is there a transformation? Uh, you know, is there, you know, how is it getting to me in the form at, at the value that you provided to me? So not being able to provide evidence through documentation or a systematic approach raises questions as to the validity of the reporting provided to the regulators and the business users. So it's all about trust, right? So to demonstrate to the stakeholders that the data is managed and understood, data governance to be in place and supported by processes and some tools, you know. But many small firms, um, that sounds like a pretty big task pretty arduous task. But there are approaches that can be deployed to address the demands in a manner that kind of, you know, I like to think when you're working with these friends, it makes sense. You have to do things. You just can't say, here's the cookie cutter approach. But what's the appropriate for your institution, considering their size, your complexity, and your market uh, strategy? Right. So let's end on that, Al. Um, you know, how can these firms address this requirement uh, efficiently and effectively? Well, you know, I think that for smaller firms, uh, they can rely on kind of think about things from a process orientated uh, approach um, that leverage. There are some simple tools out there, uh, you know, things like ServiceNow, Smartsheets, SharePoint, to name a few. And these frameworks, um, these platforms are really frameworks that facilitate the collaboration of the governance team. So, you know, including any data stewards working on daily data issues. Uh, you know, these applications provide a customizable framework that can provide the needed structure to manage the governance process without a heavy cost of integrating a big ERP solution or something of that nature. So, for example, within these solutions, uh, you can develop a data glossary for reference by, you know, your the broad audience that needs access to your glossary, while only allowing a few people to administer um, what goes on within the glossary, edits, updates, changes, things like that. You know, by using these solutions, uh, the approach to data management is supported by a tool that helps institutionalize consistent processes, such as, you know, change management. You've got to make that consistent. Um, because they are highly customizable, they can be designed to manage several processes without the high levels of complexity and or cost. Um, so, you know, for the small to medium firm, keeping it simple, uh, providing a clear value add, and bringing in the needed tools 
uh, and documents accessible is essential to, um, you know, a successful implementation. I like it. Simple. The word of the day, Al. I really appreciate uh, the discussion. I hope you had a good time joining us today on the podcast series. No, this is great. Really appreciate the opportunity to have the discussion. Yeah, well, did an absolutely phenomenal job. I appreciate you, you know, and thanks for taking a deep dive into a lot of important data management best practices. I know I learned a lot, a lot to take away here. And as always, you know, I want to thank our audience for listening. Uh, we ask that you stay connected to Cherry Breckert's channel uh, as we release more podcasts uh, later this spring and certainly into the summer. You can check us out at cbh.com forward slash podcasts. And as always, we ask that you please like, share, and subscribe to the Risk and Accounting Advisory Podcast. And thanks so much again for listening.